Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. There's always that detail in this gospel that kind of amuses me, Jesus cleansing the temple, how it John, as he's narrating this, he singles out how Jesus turned and said to those who were selling doves, like he's just got something really against the doves, get these out of here, right? Everything else, he's just flipping the tables, but to the dove people, he's get those out of here. He didn't like the birds. Okay, so this feast day today, this feast day that we have today, the feast of the dedication of the Lateran Basilica, it's kind of a bizarre feast. It's kind of a bizarre feast. We're not recalling the martyrdom of a saint. We're not looking at any of the mysteries of our Lord's life or our Lady's life or St. Joseph. Um, We're celebrating today the dedication of a building, of a building, a particular building, so to speak, like the baptism of a building, one of the basilicas in Rome, St. John Lateran Basilica. So what's the deal with, as Jerry Seinfeld say, what's the deal with the Lateran Basilica? Let's talk about this. So the basilica that we're talking about today, St. John Lateran, it's one of the four major basilicas in Rome. If you've been to Rome, you've probably been to St. John Lateran. It's, it is the mother church of all of Christendom, in fact. It's not St. Peter's Basilica, the biggest and most grand of all the churches of the world. That's not the Pope's Cathedral. The Pope's Cathedral, the Bishop of Rome, his cathedral, or his cathedra, his chair, it's in St. John Lateran. It's where the Pope presided and ruled and lived and reigned for many, many, many centuries. At St. John Lateran Basilica, you've got the relics of John the Baptist, you've got the relics of St. Paul, you also have the, the Santa Scala, the Holy Stairs of Pontius Pilate's Palace. That's a tough one to say, Pontius Pilate's Palace. You've got the stairs on which Jesus ascended and descended where he was uh, presented to the crowd, behold the man, Ece Homo, and you climb those stairs on your knees. It was St. Helena who went to, uh, to Jerusalem and brought those stairs back and they're in, um, they're in St. John Lateran Basilica. Anyway, so why are we looking at this? Because the scriptures that we have today, the scriptures that the church gives us for this feast day today, they invite us to contemplate the temple, right? They're all involving temple imagery. So if you search or study any of the ancient Near Eastern religions, if you search any of those cultures, what you see replete throughout history are people's, this intuition in the heart of humanity to build temples. Temples in honor of the gods. Think of the the temples of ancient Greece or ancient Rome or the temples of the Aztecs or the Mayans or the Incas. These beautiful and elaborate ornate constructions, these megalithic structures that boggle the mind to understand how they, like how'd they move those stones, right? How did they do that? But what were these temples? They were shrines built by human hands. They were built by humans for the gods. By humans for the gods. Think of the the temple to the goddess Artemis in Ephesus, one of the wonders of the ancient world, this massive, massive structure. 400 feet long with these 360 foot tall columns that surrounded it, this massive structure, all in honor of the goddess Artemis. There's an enormous difference, though, between these temples of the ancient Near Eastern world and the temple of Israel. 
Because there was one temple for Judaism. There was one temple. And the difference goes all the way back. It predates the Solomonic Temple. It predates the temple built by Herod the Great. It goes all the way back, really, to, um, I mean, even to the, the, the tent of the meeting in the Exodus wanderings where God instructed Moses, very specific instructions, you can read it in Leviticus, those very specific instructions about how to construct the, the tabernacle and the tent of the meeting. Because here's the difference. Where these temples were built by humans for the gods, the temple of Israel, the meeting tent, it was willed and thought of by God for man. That's the difference. It's like a reversal. It's a reversal. It's hard for us modern Christians to understand really what the temple was for ancient Israel. How it occupied the center of their religious world, their political world, their economic world. It was everything rolled into one right there. Because the temple was a, a microcosm of the entire universe. It was a microcosmos, a small universe, microcosm of the entire the entire universe. And the, and the entire universe was a macro temple. That's, what the, that's the imagination of the biblical writers. Go back all the way to Genesis. You see the way that the author of Genesis is describing creation. It's temple imagery, temple construction imagery. And like, just like the ancient Near Eastern temples, the last thing to be installed in the temple of the universe just like the last thing to be installed in any of the ancient Near Eastern temples is the image of the deity, like the statue, right? The last thing to be put into the temple of Artemis was the statue of Artemis. The last thing installed in the temple of the universe, the cosmos, was the imago dei, the image of God, the human person who shows up on the sixth day, right? Man and woman, male and female, made in God's image and likeness. So the universe was a macro temple where the human person was both priest and image in this temple. I know this is a lot for eight o'clock in the morning, but I think it's important. It's fascinating stuff. And the human person, man, was meant to be the mouthpiece, meant to be the mouthpiece of all of creation, right? The human person sums up, we sum up in our very nature, all of the material world. We are made we are made of the stuff of the stars. We are made of the material world. And we are also this hybrid creature of matter and spirit. Like, we sum up all of creation. And we are meant to give voice to all of creation in our worship of God. So the temple was a microcosm. And it was decorated with all of these images of plants and animals and sun and moon and stars, like, and the curtain veil that, that veiled the Holy of Holies, it was, it was representative of the heavens, the stars, right? The entire temple was decorated in all of these images. Even further, the, the figure of the high priest, the very vestments that he wore, the way it was designed, his very person, he was like a micro temple. All of the things that he was wearing, it was like the temple was condensed into this one person, so you got the high priest being a micro-temple, the temple being a microcosmos, and the universe being a macro-temple. You seeing this sort of Russian nesting doll visualization here? And so what was the point of the temple? Why did God will this for man? It was to be the meeting place. The, 
the overlap, the trysting place between heaven and earth, the place where man could commune with God and where God could commune with man. It was meant to be the place where God's power and glory it came to dwell. When, like through this place, it was going to flood the world. That was the vision. And what, like Herod the Great's temple, which was exquisite and unbelievable, his temple that he built, it was a it, it was only a prefigurement of Jesus' body, right? The dwelling place of God. The dwelling place of God. He himself is the temple personified. Just like the high priest is the temple personified. Jesus, the high priest, is the temple personified. He himself is the meeting place between heaven and earth, between God and humanity. And if you were ever to travel in a time machine to ancient Jerusalem to visit the temple... What Ezekiel describes in this vision of the heavenly temple, it would have been a a very recognizable thing that that you would have seen water flowing out of the temple. Why? Because millions of animal sacrifices took place there. Blood drained from these animals. And they had this elaborate aqueduct system that blood and water would drain out of the temple, out of the right side of the temple, into this river, out into the the riverlets and the streamlets surrounding Jerusalem. You would have seen blood and water flowing out of the right side of the temple. Now comes to Jesus. The definitive temple hanging on the cross in his death, his side is pierced, flowing out of the right side of the temple comes what? What does John say? Blood and water. And this river that's flowing out of his side, it's the river that Ezekiel saw. This life-giving river, this unbelievable life-giving stream. It's the Spirit, the Lord and giver of life. It's God's love entering and irrigating the world and giving life. So back to St. John Lateran in Rome. This church that was dedicated in the 4th century, why are we celebrating this building? Because aren't we, as Paul said in that second reading, aren't we the temple of God now? The mystical body of Christ? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But we get brought into the mystical body through the visible structure, through the visibility of God's body dwelling on earth. Like the sanctifying power of grace, this river that flows out of Christ's side that has never stopped flowing, that river, it reaches us by means of the church, Christ's body which is both visible and invisible. Like our buildings aren't just buildings. They're consecrated. They're dedicated. They are sanctified. They're set apart. Like when a church is dedicated or consecrated, chrism is poured everywhere. Chrism on the altar, chrism on the walls, those candles on the walls, those are the spots where the bishop came and anointed the walls with chrism. Chrism, which is consecrated by the bishop at the chrism mass. It chrismates. It makes Christ present. That's why chrism gets put on the head of babies at their baptism, to make them into little Christs, Christians. This church is like a little Christ. It's his body. So this invisible, the, these visible structures, John Ladder and Basilica, They are the visible expressions of the invisible realities, the invisible river of grace. It flows to us through this physicality. So this Lateran Basilica in Rome, 
that you might not ever, ever step foot in. But we celebrate every single year on November 9th. It is the mother church of all of Christendom. It's like the belly button of the body of Christ. It's the center. It's the center. This church, she embodies this sacramental reality that is, that means everything to us as Catholics, that, that what happened to Christ upon the cross, it reaches us. It actually reaches us. Not in some ethereal, mental way, but it actually physically reaches us in time and space so that we can actually be transformed just as much as those elements placed on the altar get transformed. It's really physical. The spiritual reaches us through the physical. Feast of St. John Lateran. Amen.